Hi. Thanks for coming. Hey, girl. Thanks for coming. Oh, well, hello, and thanks for coming, everybody. My name is Seth. What's yours? Hi, it's Stony. Oh my gosh! Hey, Stony, where, where's Jamal? Um, Jamal is dead. He got attacked by Eddie and eaten oh. alive. <laughs> well, that's that does seem pretty plausible, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. He is on a little trip to visit his family in Alaska, and I was stuck here to take care of the dogs and work. It sounds like a lot, girl. Yeah, it's it's too much. It's too much. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess um, thanks for coming, Jamal, to record. Yeah, thanks. It's so easy to record without you. <laughs> yeah, it's like we don't even need you. Thanks for coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. Actually, it's really hard to record without Jamal. We actually recorded a whole podcast and then it like didn't save. yeah Yeah, like so this was my first time like actually using any of the equipment it only took four years (laughs) yeah Um, as you know per stoney's writer he does not set up equipment he does not edit the show and he does not do social media yeah so we have to respect his wishes yeah and basically like um the britney concert where she just presses play on the the thing and just (laughs) dances that's me but I just walk in front of the microphone. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so there's a whole podcast that was really, that was really good. I promise, but it's gone. We think we're going to try a couple more things. So if you hear this, uh, if you hear this one, it's going to be a little bit shorter just because we're, we're, I mean, we, it it feels disingenuous to re like say everything. So we're just going to kind of like summarize what the podcast was about so at least you know our opinions and like what we were talking about yeah we said some wild shit in that hour that we talked yeah. but it's and, gone forever <laughs> yeah and you'll never hear it so just imagine <laughs> welcome to our lives <laughs> welcome to our lives yeah uh well i guess we started this show because we were talking uh about a hot topic this week which was of course you know uh, it started with Willem's uh, podcast with Alaska Race Chaser, and they were talking about uh, how the show was uh, was filmed and and recorded in ten days. And so it's like you know it does seem like a little bit not true, but also at the same time, like this episode this week was recorded in like three hours, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is too, though, like. So I was listening to, or I watched Bussy Queen this week and she was saying that I guess River Medway like posted some shit about certain things not being true, but she basically did not deny the 10 days accusation. Right. So they're basically like, yeah, definitely it was filmed in 10 days. (laughs) I mean, it's very possible. I mean, River could be like, oh, it's not true. It was recorded in 12, you know, maybe that's the false part. Well, Maybe it was 14 days, two weeks. I would like to know, I was wondering this too. I would like to know like how, how fast does a season generally film in? Like, is it normally like 20 days or? I think it's normally like anywhere from like a month and a half to like two months. Oh, really? Yeah, I so think so. They, so they really jammed this one through. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then from there um willem also spilled some more tea about charity there was some charity case uh tea i guess 
um, they're on the runway. RuPaul made a comment to her saying how she's tired of seeing uh, her hairy ass and hairy legs on the runway <laughs> and not in her not doing uh, what do you what would you call it? Uh, pageant drag or something like that. Um, I'm going to snag the clip, actually, and just play Willem's uh, l- little statement so that none of the words get butchered. I don't think yes. Charity Case looks expensive, but I like it. Unless she's supposed to be like dirty money. Is this covered in money? It's not. And if you get into the details of Charity Case's outfit, it's actually really exquisite. It's like encrusted with uh, gems and, and stones and like jewels. Um, she looks like the demon guarding the treasure, but she wore all the treasure. <laughs> right. Gollum's little hooker sister. And they criticized her for sort of doing scary makeup because if she would have just done really, you know, really glam makeup, it would have been more unexpected and she probably would have, um, she probably would have performed better. I, I think think this is the episode where RuPaul read her. Because uh, they haven't shown that yet and I'm waiting for it. Well, she... she went, went home. home. She went home. Yeah. So, so it's not what the episode. Oh, so the episode before this, um, RuPaul told Charity that she wanted to see more glam drag. She wanted to stop seeing her hairy ass and unshaven legs and stuff like that. She wanted something different. And Charity Case was heard on the mic walking back to Untucked or the, the back room saying, if it was good enough for Vogue, um, I don't need this, blah, 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 blah. And then RuPaul, when the girls came back out on stage, said to um said to charity before she sent anybody home charity come forward and she said you don't uh so you think you're better than my show you don't need this say to my face bitch and they didn't air any of it obviously but she read charity and then uh charity was kept for one more episode that's what i was told in april when i was told this tea which was also when i was told that they filmed it in 10 days and i was right so you know fuck off everybody yeah this was um interesting to me because it was just like basically RuPaul like was mad because she said that you know if well if it's good enough for Vogue and it's like but it's like a true statement so it's like I don't know Ru just needs to get over herself I'm tired of her like trying to be like the master of like drag like bitch it's yeah like beyond you so well she I feel like RuPaul's trying to gatekeep drag and yeah. like I mean we do have to acknowledge what RuPaul has done for drag mostly just what you know bringing it into the mainstream because there's i mean rupaul's not the only queen that you know like the first person to put on a dress or anything like that so but yeah she has done a lot but also at the same time it does feel like she's trying to gatekeep because when she has people like charity case on the season it's like well you brought them on knowing that this is like they do an alternative style drag and so why are you bringing this person on the alternative style drag and then telling them, oh, well, we want you to do this more traditional like female uh, illusion. And yeah. then but then she never says that to the, uh, you know, the pretty quote unquote pretty queens. You know, she never says, oh, well, why don't you try spooking it up a little bit? Right. And that's a very fair point. She I mean, we saw this last season with Jenny Lemon where she's like, oh, we'll get in a a dress and then they like eliminated her like immediate or i guess jenny eliminated herself <laughs> yeah um <laughs> or with dusty ray bottoms when like it was like episode one michelle was like what's with the dots yeah and it's like that's dusty's like signature thing so and it, and if and i get it this is rupaul's show 
And if you, that's fine, you know, but if it's going to be your show, bring on the Queens that you like, like, don't just bring all, don't be performative and bring on like trans Queens and, uh, and, um, alternative style drag and, you know, whatever the types that, you know, she doesn't like or whatever. So, I mean, that's it. It's like, it's just for us as a viewer, it's just frustrating to watch because I know the reason why this, the hosts on this show watch is because we like drag, actual drag. Yeah. And it's, it is frustrating because I mean, Rue has had like that history of what, like being like transphobic and, or not mm-hmm. fo- transphobic, I guess is, I don't know if that's the word to use. Maybe but like, like trans exclu- exclusionary or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Like basically just didn't want trans people on the show, like felt that it had to be a cis like male um, on the show. Um, but it's just like, I don't know. He's like, Rue's changed that view, right? Because we now have like AFAB queens and trans queens, things like that. Mm-hmm. But it almost feels like a half measure in a way that, okay, you're allowed on the show, but now you have to do glam drag only. And if you have like hairy legs or have a beard or, you know, you're not doing it exactly how I like it, then, then we're going to eliminate you promptly. <laughs> yeah. Especially if you don't perform the role I assign you in snatch game. Right. (laughs) And I get it. It is RuPaul's drag race and it is RuPaul's show. So she can judge it however she wants it, but it just can also not watch it too. Right. We can also choose to like complain about it and not watch it if we don't want to. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But, um, so yeah, so we did have a little conversation about that. Let's go ahead and get into, we're just going to really quickly recap each show that we normally cover, but in a much more condensed version. So, uh, starting with Dragula this week, we had a weird wild West theme where the girls had to, uh, create, you know, looks, based on the Wild West theme. Uh, guest judges this week were Trixie Mattel and Orville Peck, which I loved a lot. I like them both. Yes, I thought that was perfect. And it, it was good because they both have those country like roots to them. So I yep. thought it was um, I thought it was fun. Yeah. We also talked about how we were disappointed that they kind of spoiled the uh, extermination in the little skit at the beginning. Yeah, it was very like on the nose with the here piggy piggy at the beginning. But I do like the clues in the beginning. That's one thing I enjoy about Dragula that they put like more like story into it and like have these little skits at the beginning and end. Yeah, but it also does suck that like um, uh, Coco Kane didn't get to even like do her own extermination. It looked like they just had like some sort of like body cast or prop of sorts. Yeah, that is. Oh, you mean like when the pig was on the yeah on the skewer? Yeah, yeah that was kind of lame. Yeah, but um, La Zavaletta did win the competition, and in the podcast we did want to give Zavaletta props because she actually joined the competition this week. Yes, we love to see it. She looked beautiful. I thought this was just a like a fun like um. Like a fun challenge. I don't know why I said she was beautiful. That didn't make any sense. No, she looked horrifying. <laughs> she looked horrifying. <laughs> um, but she just, I just really enjoyed like the gun and all that. Like the futuristic Wild West theme was cool. And she really just killed it, I thought. Yes, girl. And I, and I do know we did praise um, Bitter Betty this week. Dolly. Uh, we're still on the Mary Cherry go home train. Yeah, we're still kind of over 
Mary Cherry. And we also made fun of Jay Jolie because mm. we felt like she was just um, doing like the Taylor Swift uh, Halloween special. Yeah. <laughs> and and we also said that we were a little bit disappointed in Hoso's look because normally she has really polished looks. And this one seemed a little bit unfinished. Yeah, girl, it was not not up to Hoso's standard. Yes. And we also talked a lot about the mechanical bull and how they just wanted to get their money's worth out of renting a mechanical bull. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Because they they made everybody ride the bull. Like, I'm pretty sure there's like lost footage of the boulets riding the the bull. Yeah, it was. um, I don't know. Not horrifying, I guess. But yeah, I don't know. (laughs) I mean, it was entertaining to watch, you know, but You know, when you think of Dracula, you think of a little bit more of a challenging extermination. All right. Moving on to Canada's Drag Race 2, we have uh, we have the queens showing off their best celebrity impersonations in the iconic Snatch Game special with uh, special guest judge Demon Twink Connor Jessup. Yes, he is a Demon Twink. <laughs> we found out later <laughs> during the judging. <laughs> yeah. Poor, poor Eve 6000 in her quote unquote flat wig. <laughs> right. Yeah, but we also I, I also did inform Stoney, who did not know that Connor. The reason I know Connor Jessup is because he's dating Miles Heiser, who is also a special guest judge on the show and is from the Netflix TV show 13 Reasons Why. Yeah, so I didn't know any of that. So that was fun. Um, yeah, we learned things. Yeah, so we learned about that. We learned that the ghost of JBC is still alive and well through Connor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he still felt his spirit, you know, that, that uh, intense judging spirit. <laughs> yeah. But we also did commend his suit. We liked his outfit. Uh, so the mini challenge this week was reading is fundamental. The library was open. Um, it was mostly enjoyable. There were not too many standout jokes that we remembered, but we, you know, remember generally having a good time watching it. Yeah, it was it was mostly fun. I mean, there was nothing like memorable out of it. We didn't like hate it either. So that's yeah, I don't know. Yes, yes, yes. And then in the snatch game, the people that we loved, I think, if I remember correctly, was geometric as Jim Carrey. Um, we liked Kimora Amore as Leslie Jones. We liked Cynthia Kiss as Rachel Zoe. Uh, those were all really strong performances. Yeah, we were disappointed in um, Eve with Bernie just because like we thought the impression was so good and we felt like that Eve should have like went for Bernie saying ridiculous things had nothing to do with like political statements. Yeah, Um, that could have been a lot better if Eve would have done that. Yeah, and that she should have used the Bernie line like I'm one I'm here once again to tell you blah, blah, blah. Like she could have done that, like repeated that, like how... um, uh, Scarlet Harlot repeated the scream for Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. So those were our tops. We thought Eve should have been safe this week, not in the bottom. Her Bernie was not bad. It just wasn't the best. Yeah, we're determined. We're not determined. We are convinced that the judges are just trying to get rid of Eve. So this is yeah. not good. Yeah, because they we thought that Adriana should have been in the bottom, but apparently, you know, that's not in the story. So. Uh, We did not like that. We also stated how we thought it was funny how like everyone acted new to who La Benina was that Isis Couture played because, um, you know, if you watch Drag Race España, we all learned about La Benina in that show. Yeah. And then we also wondered why Kendall Gender was not in the Snatch Game this week. (laughs) 
(laughs) (laughs) She just was not there. (laughs) Yeah. Like I thought, I I thought I remember seeing her at the beginning, but that might've been um, a Mandela effect. So um, at the end of this, well, the winner of this week's challenge is Cynthia Kiss, which we agreed with. Very good choice. The bottom two were Eve 6000 and Suki Doll. Uh, we, we agreed. And also the other thing that we did talk about Suki was that um, in the episode, she was talking about how she is often hired to portray Asian characters because she's Asian. And, and it's like that's kind of like how she feels what she has to do when she's hired for gigs. And then we thought it's kind of ironic that in this episode, she chose to be two Asian characters. Yeah, that was, it was that was a weird like thing that I didn't even notice until you said that. But yeah, I, I think it a lot of times like people probably just get used to playing, portraying those characters and she probably just felt comfortable doing it. Like Maybe I don't she put, felt like she had to. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, and I don't want to put words in her mouth. Like I don't know all the tea there, but. Yeah, I could see that being one of the reasons, you know, even though it was like, you're literally just complaining about it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, um, yeah. So Suki doll was in the bottom. We agreed. Uh, Yoko. Oh no, definitely happened. (laughs) And then uh, we, we did not think that Eve 6,000 should have been there. We thought it should have been Adriana, but it's not what happened. Uh, Luckily at the end of the lip sync, Suki doll was eliminated. So my fave Eve 6,000 could stay. Yes. And I love your matrix look as well. Oh yeah. We we kind of like gooped and gagged over her matrix look, definitely. All right. Moving right along. There I don't think we'll take a break because this is gonna be a short one anyways. There's kind of no point, right? Yeah, I think we're good. All right. So uh in this week we're or we're talking about the UK now. So in this week, the girls had to create three looks. <laughs> And uh, they had 69 minutes to do the first one, 60 minutes to do the second one. And since RuPaul took an extra long lunch, they only had 30 minutes to do the last one. Yeah, this um, episode was called How to Film an Episode in Two and a Half Hours. <laughs> yes, girl. <laughs> the, uh, the girls this week were starring in the Miss Fugly beauty pageant. And... Uh, so the first runway, there, uh, there was no mini challenge. The first look uh, theme of the maxi challenge was uh, Fugly Swimwear, which, uh, you know, kind of was as expected. You know, we, we did commend Crystal for her look and thought that she did a really great job and did show versatility. Yeah, it was nice to see her. You know, I, I mean, yeah, take the judges critiques, even though they're shit sometimes, but <laughs> she did take them yeah. and she changed it up. So good for her. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. I We can't hate the player. We just hate the game. We do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then the second category was charity shop chic, where the girls had to go into a charity shop and pick out five items to wear to make a fugly outfit. And they were surprised by charity shop Sue, who was not there to help them out at all. Yes. And we love seeing her there, especially after Crystal had just done her on Snatch Game. I thought that was really funny. Yeah. Um, but it was fun to see her as like saboteur. Yeah. She was a, a, a nice saboteur because she was like, I was a fashion designer in, in uh, Milan and in Paris, but uh, I'm not helping you. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so that was really funny. Um, I'm trying to think of which looks that we liked. We thought, I think we, were, we said a Scarlet was a little, little underwhelming in that one, but we liked Ella a day. 
Vanity Milan we liked. Yeah. And then also Crystal's last look. We really liked that as well. Yes. Last category was, uh, it was fugly, but fashionable. Yes. Yeah. We did like, we, we kind of, yeah, we kind of like, you know, we're, we're gooped with a uh, crystal's look. We loved her look. Uh, we liked Ella Vidae's look her. Um, I think that's the one where she wore the purple kimono caftan sort of thing. And I think that, Oh yeah, we thought. I, I mean, I I said that I like Scarlett Adams' outfit, although I do recognize that it wasn't very fashionable. Um, Scarlett Adams, you mean? Or uh, Scarlett Harlot? You know, okay. one of the white twinks. I don't know. <laughs> they all start to blend together. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that was the uh, runway, and the maxi challenge winner was Kitty Scott Claus. Uh, I, I talked about how I was becoming a Kitty Scott Claus fan and uh, Stoney had said how he was becoming an Ella Vidae fan. Yeah, because I was really not on her team in the beginning. And I did like say she was underwhelming, but I am kind of a Ella Vidae uh, fan now. Yeah, so so we're on board. Um, definitely. And, and we agreed with the bottom two this week who were uh scarlet harlot and vanity milan i mean that just kind of seemed like the most logical choice yeah no it made sense um yeah we did think there was like some shady editing with how the lip sync went i do think elevate or not elevate i thought vanity won the lip sync mm-hmm, based mm-hmm. off of the edited version of it yeah. but who knows what actually happened <laughs> yeah yeah i mean vanity killed it from what we could tell and we can only report to you based on what we saw (laughs) (laughs) so uh so yes at the end of this episode scarlet harlot was um was eliminated and you know it's like we felt like it was her time yeah it was her time i i kind of fell like out of um favor with her like i don't know i just wasn't a big like I was a fan of hers in the beginning and then kind of she wore thin with me, but I do, I did enjoy her ending how she left and like, you're not my mom. Yes, I am. <laughs> oh yeah, we did. Yeah. We both were like really stoked about that, about her <laughs> exit line. Yeah. Yeah. After the, cause, uh, uh, Scarlett's look was, uh, ins- I think it was inspired by EastEnders. And so that like on the runway this week, so I think that's why she said that was why she went there. But also it was like, you know, a whole acting challenge on the last season. So it was really cool to see that kind of like come back. Yeah, that was fun. Yes, girl. And on to we're here. Finally, we did say that we want to come revisit this show anyways. So that kind of works out since this episode is so short because we wanted Jamal to be here to discuss this episode. Yeah, it kind of sucks. I w- that's what sucks about losing a podcast because I felt like I was so like I felt like we had brought up so many good points about the show. Um yeah. so now I'm like annoyed that we lost <laughs> they're not the- there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh just to kind of quickly summarize, uh in this episode we have Akila, who is a beautiful trans woman whose family abandoned her and she's had to kind of really be strong and uh she's stayed in hiding really because she's not accepted in the community um we talked we saw joseph who is a successful real estate broker who uh has kind of acts differently around each uh each group or whoever because you know he's a real estate person so he probably tries to tone down his actions or whatever you know just around people because he wants to be able to sell the houses so i i understand that it's very unfortunate that that's the world we live in and that he can't be himself authentically but 
that's that. Uh, we also learned that he was shot by his ex-partner and almost died, but luckily is still with us today. Uh, yeah, then, that's crazy. We, yeah, that story was intense. <laughs> and we also uh, found found Deborah, who was, I mean, I just love Deborah. She doesn't take much time for herself. She's the matriarch of this family. So she's always looking out for everybody else. And um, I love that, you know, she, I, I love that family unit. Like, I love that they're so close. And then also she's very supportive of her gay grandson and her granddaughter, who's a lesbian, but was recently shot before filming the show. So like their whole performance was really a dedication to her. Yeah. And we, I mean, we talked about it, but we really feel like, I don't know, this show, like obviously the the production, the budget is up this season, which I think is really mm-hmm. cool because these drag uh, performances that they're doing are, they're super emotional and very well thought out, but also just even the props they're using and the effects are much like upgraded. Um, but yeah, I just love the show so much. Like, I'm so glad it's on the air because it's my like favorite thing to watch every week now. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I remember we did talk about how we really enjoyed on this season of We're Here, how they're really celebrating all types of races and cultures. Like last week, we got to see a lot about the Mexican culture with um, the three people that were on that show. And then this week, we got to see three um three strong black people and not only black people strong black women and like those are the real like um those are the ogs those are like the go-to the goats you know to use the young kid slang (laughs) but um but yeah so we were we were talking about that as well like we were just really like um in awe of deborah and we like that she kind of like reclaimed her confidence and did what she wanted to look do and look like in her performance yeah, no, I was glad that, and there, all three of uh, the like, you know, Bob, Shangela, and Eureka, they're so good at like working with different types of people. Like, I, mm-hmm. I don't know, just like Eureka too. Like, she's so good at just, you know, making sure that the person that they're doing this for, like, that they're making it about them because so yeah. many of these people, I feel like, are used to giving to others and not giving to themselves, and mm-hmm. I think all three of them do such a good job of making sure it's about them and not like other people. Right. Definitely very much so. And, and we also, I mean, just drooled all over the microphone about Bob's performance. (laughs) I mean, I think I said it was like an iconic moment, like in drag history or something like that, because like we've never seen a performance like that before where there was like an actual human wig. Yeah, no, it was insane. Like I had no idea. I was so gagged by the whole thing. Like, yeah, I, I knew that the wig was not acting like normal on top of <laughs> on top of uh, Bob's head, but it was just it was amazing. And I'm so glad, like on social media and stuff on Twitter, like it's getting shared around quite a bit. Like how iconic it was. Yeah, that was a, an amazing look. And Bob was showing skin, which he normally does not do, which was kind of was cool. I thought Bob looked amazing in that episode. And um, and I loved the uh, we also like were super happy for Akila because she really likes she really shined in her performance. And we thought it was cool that she got her own name and lights. And even the L was capitalized, like how they were talking about in the show. Yeah, no, that that was amazing. And like, I don't know, Akila's story was so great to me. It was just she 
and I, I know we mentioned it on the last podcast, but this like quote just sticks in my head every time it was where mm-hmm. Bob was saying, we don't really need to do any work on Aquila. We need to do work on everyone else because she yeah. literally is like gave so much back to that community. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I just, it, Bob hit the nail on the head with that one. Like it's just, he's exactly right. Yeah, very much so. And we were also, um, in all of the the beautiful matriarchs uh, that where they all met in the uh, I forgot what the store was called, but um in the store with um the women who were at the Bloody Sunday march or the protest on the bridge, yeah. And so we were like, I mean that you know we wanted we we'll come back and talk about that more in detail, of course, with Jamal. But we were just like, yeah, these women are fucking awesome. Yeah, it was it was such an emotional episode. Like it so many ups and downs like that's what the show is it's just yeah. they bring so many good so many things to light and make people think about like just our past and our history and um in this country so I, i'm glad that um they keep doing that absolutely so we love the show uh we uh wish we're, we wish we could have brought you the whole show i don't Technology is weird sometimes. I'm sure if you're a podcaster and listening out there, you understand. But um, we, we, we didn't want to leave you completely empty handed. So hopefully this works. Fingers crossed. <laughs> um, I think we'll defer Stoney's uh, trade pick till next week when we have more of a full episode. If that's yeah. OK. Yeah, that is okay. totally fine. So we'll defer that. And uh, we'll update you on the Fantasy League next week as well. And... Uh, until then, bye. Bye.